Exceptional World Episode 10 The 80s never died Crap, my voice is stuck this way <coughs> Okay, there we go It's November 11th And this is episode 10, as I said, of Sentinel World Sorry for neglecting this for such a long time It's just sort of been a high-maintenance effort and in a low-maintenance kind of situation, or a low-energy kind of situation. But I'm back. I've been having a pretty darn good weekend for my inner 10-year-old. I mean, it just blows the mind. First of all, the 25th anniversary recut of Blade Runner came to Toronto, and I am very, very pleased at the fact that it came to Toronto at all, because that makes three cities that it made it to in total the other two being New York and Los Angeles. So, you know, the fact that it came to Canada at all is a really nice thing. And I'm also really pleased because I got to see it. Hey, come on. How cool is that? It's a little bit weird just because, you know, my first love is still the one that I saw as a child. The, um, pretty much, yeah, about 25 years ago. Um... The differences in the versions are rather profound, actually. The studio had decided that the release wasn't going to be successful as it stood, and they took Ridley Scott's version, and they put in a voiceover, and they put in a couple other little bits and pieces, and I believe there's actually one release that has a purely happy ending, whereas the other ones seem to have a little bit more ambiguity to them. And it's a lot of fun to see the differences, but... I miss the old version. Is that strange? I mean, the new one is the the sanctioned director's cut. That was the one that he fixed up in 92. And apparently this is the uber-clean, heavy-duty, hunky-dory final cut. That, of course, is the definitive, let's sell some more DVDs because, hey, we've got a new standard and we haven't actually made up our minds, so why don't we sell them in both? You know, get your 5-disc HD DVD and your 5-disc Blu-ray. I'm really sad because I can't seem to find a 5-disc DVD that isn't the great big briefcase of doom, so it looks like I'm going to be getting me the collector's edition. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah, don't start. Anyway, um, I did go see it today. I am, oops, well, that's not good. I did go see it today. I very much enjoyed it, and I was also recalled why I don't tend to go to the theater as much anymore. It sucked. I mean, it's not really a bad experience but you kind of add it up and it doesn't really make sense you get in you pay for your ticket all right well first of all you're paying for a ticket woo second of all if you want any junk food the junk food is extortionately priced but of course you don't want the junk food you're a healthy um back ah, crap there's a punchline to go that but anyway you don't want a junk food you don't want to spend five dollars for about 30 cents worth of popcorn kernels but Go into the theater, you sit down, you find a good spot. It wasn't a crowded show. I mean, out of, I don't know, maybe three, 400 seats, maybe 20%, 30% were taken. And yet, somehow, despite arriving early, despite picking a seat on the side because I didn't want people sitting in front of me, some geniuses decided, hey, we'll sit right in front of this guy. He must have picked a good spot. So, of course, I've got, you know, little... <laughs> <laughs> little mystery science theater ads in my viewpoint. And then behind me, I've got 
I don't know who, discussing the admittedly tragic situation with their friend who is in intensive care, probably dying and in need of powers of attorney or some such. And It's all important. I understand the importance of it, but I'm here to see the movie. And if you're not here to see the movie, then go away. Maybe have the important discussion about your friend somewhere where it's more conversational. For me, I've been looking forward to hearing that theme for a long, long time. The last time I heard that theme in a theater was about 15 years ago. Come on, get out of my face. But it was good. I really, really enjoyed seeing the movie again. I've actually been putting off throwing it in a while. Um, Partly just because I've seen it so many times that it seemed a little bit silly. And then partly because, I don't know. Is there such a thing as movie fatigue? It's still my favorite movie. It's still very important to me, but I just couldn't bring myself to watch it recently. But I am looking forward to it. As I said, I'm planning to... Wait, did I say... See, this is a tricky part. I don't actually remember what I said because sometimes I say something and then I come up with a bright idea and then I interrupt it because, oh, i got to look up sounds to go with this. But in any case, um, I am looking forward to picking up the Uber Deluxe Edition of the damn DVDs. I'm not really looking forward to the Uber Deluxe Edition because they won't actually fit on my bookshelf, but I am looking forward to seeing the Uber Deluxe Edition DVDs because there are five full different versions of the movie, and the absolute best part about this is that I'll be able to get rid of my Laserdisc. Yes, I have one Laserdisc. Now, Ask me how many Laserdisc players I have owned in my lifetime. The answer, as you may suspect I'm leading up to, is a great big donut hole. Goose egg. Nothing. Nada. I have a Laserdisc with no Laserdisc player that I have never, ever been able to watch. Why did I get it? Because, A... It was $2, and B, it was the original theater cut, the U.S. theatrical cut of the movie, which to me was an interesting thing because by the time I got this, it was already being supplanted by the director's cut. Apparently the whole thing was really acrimonious when this thing came out, and that's why the uh, composer of the soundtrack, who, if I'm saying the name right, Vangelis, had actually withheld permission to release the soundtrack. So, um... Pretty good year for Blade Runner stuff. Anyway, that's it about that. Now, I managed to get my bits mixed up. I was going to talk to you about Transformers first. That was what the theme music at the start was from. I saw the Transformers movie, Michael Bay's Transformers movie, over the weekend, and I had an absolute blast. Uh, My inner 10-year-old was just replete, giddy, dancing around inside me uh, when Optimus Prime made his appearance on the screen. First of all, knew he was coming. Just, you know, this is when he had to show up. And he did. And it was just stunning. It was Optimus. It was... It was, you know, what, 25 years ago. It was me as a kid discovering the Transformers, watching this cartoon, being absolutely captivated. And, um, yeah, it was absolutely fabulous.
see, the key, the thing that told you that this was a good cartoon was you had the blaster noises, you had the robot noises. This was good stuff. This was quality squishy. And I have to tell you, the movie did not live up to that. The cartoon just had a much more sophisticated mythos. The the rationale behind the characters arriving here didn't really hold up all that well. In fact, the whole movie wasn't all that great, so that probably belies the reaction that I had. But it wasn't so much that it was a good movie as it was a good fan movie. It was a cookie for all of the geeks and nerds and fanboys and fangirls. I'm sure there were a couple of those. They did have one or two girl characters. Probably, you know, just to meet that little token requirement. But in any case... The the movies were silly. The movie was silly. The movie had all kinds of stupid stuff. The movie had character introductions, just mechanical, let's dump a whole bunch of names, and nobody cares. There's no build-up. There's no point. It didn't matter who the characters were. It didn't matter what their functions were. You didn't really see them do any of their functions. All that really mattered was that, hey, Transformers, but there were there were cookies. There were things like lines thrown in, references to other movies, references to the old show, sound effects taken from the old show. It was very rewarding. It was very happy-making. And all in all, things were taken just silly enough that it was a lot of fun and just serious enough that things were kind of cool and stuff blew up and it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, the whole thing was something that I would watch again. In fact, I have watched chunks of it again already before I return the rental. I am going to have to pick up a copy of this thing for myself because I did really enjoy it. I think I may have said that. I'm not sure what I said. You see, I actually recorded this piece already and then accidentally deleted it in the uh, in my infinite wisdom and talent. But, you know, them's the breaks. Them's what I got to deal with. In any case, it was a hoot. It was an absolute hoot. It didn't always make sense, but it was a hoot. The downside, however, was that the characters, quite a number of the characters, in fact, I would say at least three-quarters of the characters, were gray. Now, if you take a gray vehicle and you transform it having gray interior, you end up with a gray robot. If you then have your gray robot fight another gray robot, well, after a few twists and turns and camera cuts, you have no idea who is fighting. Now add a third robot to the picture, and, well, stuff's blowing up, cars are thrown around, people are bouncing around, it's great fun to watch, but the story has been lost. I have no idea who's been hurt, who's been injured, why they've been injured, what happened, why I care, etc., etc., and so on and so forth. And it got to the point where it wasn't until the end of the movie that I actually knew who the casualties were because, well, they showed me who the casualty was. He just didn't have a distinctive bit or design or whatever to make me go, oh, well, he got hurt. Um, well, except for, you know, the prime characters who were distinctly colored, at least for the good guys. The bad guys? Gray. Uniformly gray, except for the apparently heavily chewable forms who got beaten up very quickly, but did have distinctive forms, so you could at least see that they got beaten up. You knew that they had lost. 
in any case, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was great, great fun. Um, did I mention that I was really amused that they preserved the the whole volumetric problem where a uh, little tiny robot changes shape into really huge thing or vice versa? Um, a robot with enough physical structure to probably fill... Uh, I don't know, what do I have in my room that actually suggests something the right size? Oh dear. Do people have monitors anymore? Can I reference a monitor as a standard reference? Um, how about... Well, no, see, I can't say a DVD player anymore because you got these slimline ones and you got the big ones. What's a good standard piece of equipment that everybody has? Ah, there we go. A microwave. A microwave's worth of material. A microwave's worth of material shrunk down into the size of a cell phone. Now, you know, there is such a thing as compression. I do work in the technology business. It don't work that way. Now, the other thing that was really cool about the movie was a cookie not for my 10-year-old self, but for my 15-year-old self, because that was one, that, that was probably the peak of my uh, Cold War geekishness. Yes, I was a geek of many, many dimensions, and one of them was Cold War weaponry and machinery. I was really big on the military, the weaponry, the technology. I loved it. Um, it was kind of a progression from Star Trek them, which was when I was little, and so I was really obsessed with the ships then. And then I got to high school and kind of split between the real machines and you know ships of the Starfleet. But the whole thing was just marvelous. And somewhere around there, I ran into this fighter plane that I'd never met before, and it's the A-10 Warthog, which is a really ugly plane, a very distinctive plane. Actually, to me, it's a very beautiful plane, but it's largely, I don't know, how do you describe it? it it's a gun with jet engines attached, as opposed to most of the other planes, which are missile platforms or, or dogfighting platforms. All this is is a gun with wings. It's got two great big engines strapped on the end. You have this great big what, six or seven barrel Gatling gun that fires 3,000 rounds a minute, and each shot, each bullet that is coming out of this thing is a beer bottle size, two and a half pound depleted uranium slug. Actually, it's probably not to a beer bottle sized. I may be getting my weapons confused. But it is a two and a half pound slug of uranium. So picture, if you will, two and a half pounds of depleted uranium coming at you. It's heavy. It's damned heavy. It's dense. It's pretty much got a crap load of kinetic energy and it's going to slam into your tank and it's probably going to make a really loud noise at a very minimum but uh, usually it makes a loud noise from the interior of the tank having gone through your armor and hey if the first one knocking didn't do it maybe the other 2,999 bullets in that minute may have made an impression of course, you're not actually at risk of getting 3,000 shots at you because despite the fact that there are two great big engines on the end of the plane pushing the thing forward, if you hold down the trigger, the recoil from the gun is pushing the plane backwards. And by about 10-15 seconds of continuous firing, the plane isn't moving forward enough to keep lift. So, yeah, 
you can stop the plane if you don't have brakes. You can always stop the plane by opening up with the gun. Think about that one, if you will. I was captivated. I clapped my hands and the girls looked at me like I was out of my mind, but I didn't care. It was warthogs. Those are things that have been largely retired from the main American fleet, but they still show up every once in a while. There's that uh, graveyard in, what is it, Nevada? that uh, you can see them from the satellite images. And here they were, two two A-10s, all nice and dressed up to play, coming out, showing up, and chewing the heck out of absolutely nothing because, of course, they established how tough the bad guys were by having something fail. It, it's a tradition. It's like, you know, Worf getting beaten up in Star Trek The Next Generation. We'll show you how tough the, the thing is. We'll beat up the Klingon every episode. Eh. Anyway... The other thing that, of course, we saw, and Mouse was very excited by this, was uh, there was plenty of screen time for the F-22 Raptors, which is one of the newest members of the American fleet. I believe the Joint Strike Fighter... I believe the Joint Strike Fighter... Joint Strike... Oh my goodness, I can't say it. The Joint Strike Fighter is not currently in service, so the Raptor is kind of the thing to do. And I pointed out to her that every movie that has military technology that has fighters flying right now they're probably going to put the raptor in because it's the pretty plane it's sexy that and the f-14s have long been retired the f-16s are they're not retired i'm very certain they're not retired because i've passed a couple on my way landing so they're still in the fleet but the f-15s are all grounded right now because of uh, a mechanical defect of some kind that they don't know what it is, but they figure bits of the plane falling off do not make it combat-friendly, which is a good thing, because pilots are expensive. You want to take care of them. In any case, it was a joy. It was just so much fun to see the technology. I, I realize how stupid it is to be excited about that piece. The movie is about giant transforming robots, and I was excited about the, the 60s era of planes, but I don't care. They were cool. Um, the A-10... The A-10 is kind of an old friend, so it was really, really neat to see it again. So that's it for the 80s edition of uh, Sentinel World. I just needed to get some stuff off my chest because that was a little too much happy goodness for one weekend, one very small soul. Um, I, I figure I should at least get this thing out there because... I'm getting Chudat from the other... Chudat? Chudat? Chudat. Yeah. Have I mentioned that I have lost the ability to speak rationally and think coherently? Oh, and my short-term memory is pretty much kaput. It'll come back, but it requires me to slow down a little. Not sure that's going to happen. In any case, I'm getting chewed out for not putting out these stupid things from both sides of the world. I mean, I am getting truly international bitching. And that ain't right. It ain't right. Nope, it isn't. So, get off my back. Here it is. Sentinel World. I'm back. This sucked. I know. But I had to get back in, and that way we know it sucks, and I don't feel the pressure, and I can try to do better next time. Right? You know, makes sense? Yeah. Okay. We're good. Right? Okay. All right. So... We started off with the Transformers. Let's finish this thing off with uh, Blade Runner, shall we? This has been Sentinel World, 
it's been lovely to talk to you again. I've missed talking to you, believe it or not. I'm not entirely sure how this turned out. I've detected at least one bit of garbling that I don't think I can fix. But them's the breaks. Them's the broadcast. Them is out of here. No wait, no wait. Me is out of here. Have a good night. <laughs>